It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 10th, 2019, the final day of the NBA regular season, and we have more basketball to look forward to. It is still really good to say that, but the Magic do have an important game Wednesday. We'll talk all about that coming up here on today's podcast. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Like I said, on today's podcast, I'll talk briefly about what's at stake in Wednesday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. Preview that game just a little bit. And then I brought the whole crew back together. Talk to the guys over at Orlando Pinstripe Post, Zach Oliver, Aaron Goldstone, and Corey Hudson about how the Magic got to this moment and what to expect from the Magic in the postseason. We'll get to all of that coming up on today's episode. Tomorrow, I'll recap the Magic's game against the Hornets as well as talk a little bit more about what to expect in the Magic's playoff series because we will know who they're playing by this time tomorrow. Very, 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 very exciting. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with the excruciating detail that we do here, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Want to get the lowdown on the Charlotte Hornets as they go on their four-game winning streak to try and sneak into the playoffs? Check out Locked On Hornets. Want to get a leg up on the, th- on the three teams the Magic could face in the first round, the Milwaukee Bucks? the Toronto Raptors, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Check out Locked On Bucks, Locked On Raptors, and Locked On Sixers too. You can find all these podcasts plus Locked On NBA and Locked On Fantasy Basketball on iTunes as well as the Himalaya app. The Himalaya app is a fantastic app. I've downloaded it on my phone. You can create your own personalized podcast playlist and they even recommend new podcasts to you. I'm someone that loves a good podcast. I listen to them at the gym. I listen to them while I'm walking to work. I, I listen to them everywhere. It's a great place to discover new fun conversations, new good interviews, new new good anything. Those podcasts are amazing. There's, there's, there's one for every type of flavor that you could have of any part of the day. And this app, the Himalaya app, will bring it to you. Definitely download and check out the Himalaya app. You can download all the Locked On podcasts, including Locked On Magic there as well. That's again, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So the stakes for the Orlando Magic here are quite simple. The Orlando Magic sit at 41-40, and 40, tied with the Brooklyn Nets. They're ahead of the Detroit Pistons, who had a rousing come-from-behind victory over the Memphis Grizzlies to get to 40-41. and 41. And so they could finish anywhere from 6th to 8th. A win guarantees they finish at least 7th. A win and a Brooklyn loss to the Miami Heat pushes the Magic to 6th. A, a win in a Brooklyn win obviously leaves them at 7th. Things get a little more complicated if they lose, though. A loss coupled with a 
Brooklyn win, coupled with a Detroit win, leaves them in eighth. Not good, Bob. Not good. A magic loss, along with a Detroit win, along with a Brooklyn loss, pushes the magic to sixth. So, I would say this. It's good for the Magic if Brooklyn loses. If Brooklyn loses, Orlando can be sixth. Bottom line. Orlando wins. They are guaranteed at least seventh. They can climb to sixth, but they can't fall lower than seventh. And so, as always, the simple edict is to win. And unfortunately for the Magic, or perhaps fortunately, because they're playing really good basketball right now, they're playing a team that has a lot on the line. The Charlotte Hornets destroyed the Cleveland Cavaliers to win their fourth straight game. Their turnaround has been as equally impressive as the Orlando Magic. And frankly, if the Magic had not won that game Sunday, this game Wednesday would be so full of pressure. They would pretty much fall out of the playoff picture if they would have lost this game if they had lost on Sunday against Boston. That that game against Boston was a humongous win, just the way things have worked out. Charlotte is making their run and has put themselves in a position, in a position to win this, to, to, to make the playoffs. And, and the, the stakes for Charlotte are also quite simple. At 39 and 42, Charlotte needs a win over Orlando and a Detroit loss to the Knicks to make the playoffs. That leaves them both with 40 wins. Charlotte wins the tiebreaker, thanks to Sunday's game. And they advance to the playoffs. Orlando still wins the division. Orlando is the Southeast Division champions. And to go back one more step here, if Orlando were to lose, and Brooklyn were to lose, and Detroit were to win, the reason why the Magic climbed to sixth in a three-way tie with Brooklyn, Orlando, and Detroit at 41 wins, the reason the Magic climbed to sixth is the first tiebreaker is division champion. It pays to be the king. And so Orlando certainly benefit would benefit from that. So if the Magic lose, that is the best case scenario. Certainly doesn't help Charlotte at the end. But as the Magic have said throughout this whole process, they're not worried about any of that. I, I can lay all that out for you. I can tell you all that. But the Magic aren't worried about any of that. They've taken the approach, and and rightfully so, that they need to take care of their own business. Sunday, fans, I know, and I did too, spent watching other games, cheering for the Raptors to beat the Heat, cheering for the Pistons to beat the Hornets, and to clinch it before the Magic even stepped on the floor at the TD Garden. But that was never the approach for the Magic. And obviously, they, they came out and, you know, with some fits and starts, got the job done. They won the game. They, they clinched their playoff spot on Sunday. And I think the Magic are going to try and bring the same approach to this game. They know they still have something to fight for and they're not going to fold or they're not going to pack it in, barring a, a blowout early, perhaps. This Magic team wants to play well heading into the playoffs. They want to get that six seed. They want to be on this win streak, a four-game win streak heading in to the playoffs. And so the Magic are not going to step down and not going to just kind of roll over and let Charlotte make their push to make the playoffs. Magic still have a lot to play for here. And really, all they have to do is make sure they finish either above Brooklyn 
are tied with Brooklyn and Detroit to get the six seed, which is, I think, what they really want. Even if, even though that means a date with Philadelphia, I think they prefer. I don't know what they'd prefer in the long run, but they'd play Philadelphia or Toronto in that case. I think I think they all want to avoid Milwaukee at the end of the day. But make no mistake about it, the Hornets are a tough team. They're playing some exceptional basketball. Frank Kaminsky is playing really well as a stretch big. Kemba Walker has been a thorn in the Magic side for the last six or seven years. This is not going to be an easy game. And Orlando's got to play well, and they got to play well without one of their best players. Jonathan Isaac was officially put into the concussion protocol after taking a, a hit to the head in Monday uh, in the first quarter of Sunday's win over the Celtics. It's not clear yet if he'll be available for Game 1. My suspicion is he will, um, but you never know how these things proceed. The Magic are holding him out of Wednesday's game regardless of any of that. Wessa Wundu will start, and so the Magic's dynamic changes a little bit. It's the first time they've changed their starting lineup in 30-some-odd games, if I'm not mistaken. They've had some incredible injury luck this year, outside of Mo Bamba, and I guess Markel Fultz, but that's neat. and certainly Isaiah Briscoe. Orlando will have its work cut out for it. They've got a lot of writing on this game. Not the whole thing, not like Charlotte. Charlotte has a lot more writing on this game. But Orlando certainly has the opportunity to make a big statement, A, on national TV, the game will air on ESPN, and B, make a big statement that they will be a team to be reckoned with. That they're not just a team that snuck into the playoffs. They're a team that climbed pretty high up the standings at the end of the day. And so we'll see if the Magic can deliver once again. Tip-off for the game is at 8 o'clock. Notice the special start time. 8 o'clock. All the Eastern Conference games start at 8. Then no shenanigans. Game tips off at 8 o'clock. It'll be on Fox Sports Florida and on ESPN. Ooh. Get used to being on national TV unless the Magic play the Raptors, and they'll be on NBA TV a lot. Um, the Magic taking on the Charlotte Hornets at Spectrum Center to close out the regular season. We'll find out who their playoff opponent is shortly after the game. Before we go any further and get into the interview with uh, with the crew over at Orlando Pinstripe Post, um, I, I I gotta remind you all that that there is a, a really good option, a really good product to uh, kind of work to kind of keep your home secure and keep an eye on things around the home. So everyone's very protective of their home. The Wise camera, the Wise indoor camera, does it all. It's packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for just twenty dollars. Just twenty dollars. 1080p full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, night vision, and two-way audio. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone. You can check on your home anytime with Wise's live stream on their app and connect with life as it unfolds in sharp eight times digital zoom focus. Live stream, you can live stream with that as well. And of course, it comes with free rolling 14-day cloud storage. That's pretty. That's a pretty nice thing. No subscription required. It's a $20 camera, $20 per camera, and you can use it for a variety of things. Check on what's going on in your home. Make sure your kids are doing their homework. Uh, see when that package gets to your front step. I know I, I could certainly use something like that. Uh, be in the other room and watch food simmer. Keep, keep an eye on your kids. I mean, seriously, there's, there's so many things you could use, use it for and literally just streams right onto your phone. You can watch it all there. Want more? They got that too for just $10 more, so $30 per camera. 
Wise Campan gives you 360-degree coverage in just under three seconds. Life moves fast, and your camera should too. 110 degrees per second rotation speed, 360-degree horizontal range, and 93-degree vertical range. You can also set it to scan your room, patrol your room with pan scan. That's, you set the camera's patrol route with up to four custom waypoints. It'll even track the action. Wise Campan automatically detects tags and tracks motion within its field of view. Keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy. The camera is compatible with Alexa and again has free rolling 14-day cloud storage. Go to wise.com, W-Y-Z-E, wise.com slash locked to get the guaranteed lowest price on these cameras today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I am joined now by our pals from Orlando Pinstripe Post. It's Zach Oliver, Corey Hudson, and Aaron Goldstone. Guys, how does it feel to be a playoff to be a playoff blogger? Um, as Victor Oladipo once said, um, if I look good, I'll play good. Or if I, I, I look good, I feel good, I'll play good. Well, hopefully for the playoffs, I'll look good, feel good, and blog good. <laughs> Corey, ha- how's, how, how does it feel to be covering a playoff team? I know, I know, I know you were a little late to come on to the party here. Um, you know, for it, this is less true for me for the last uh, two seasons, but all of us have put in a lot of time covering this team and like going to those gross January games where the magic like can't even beat uh, like the Suns or whatever. And it's just miserable. And you, you think like, Oh, you get to go to basketball games for free. What's so bad about that? But it, it gets uh, pretty depressing in the middle of those seasons that are just lost. And all of us have been to a lot of those games uh, often earning little to no compensation for for the trouble and still writing multiple pieces about it because we're big fans of this team. So for like like in that sense it just feels really good. Like finally finally we have this important moment where we we get to really throw ourselves into some some fun meaningful basketball. Yeah, and, and Aaron, I know, I know you're kind of the newest among us here to to, to covering covering Magic basketball. Um, what what are your thoughts on 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 having these the playoffs now ahead of us? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree with with Corey. Some of these games the last couple of years, um, you know, have been a little light um, in the media room and and interest around the league. So you know, I'm just happy for. The organization, um, you know, really um, happy for the players. Um, some of the guys that have been with the team now for, for four or five, six years, you know, Vucevic, Fournier, Aaron Gordon, you know, guys that have gone through multiple coaching changes and staff changes and, 
you know, multiple scheme changes and a lot of losing and, you know, their, their patience and seeing it through with this city, you know, I'm just really happy for them and I'm just happy for the fans. Um, you know, it's been a little different writing, but, but I went through the whole experience in the mid nineties, you know, I was only in like middle school, but the whole, you know, Shaq Penny craze and that run to the finals. And then when I was in college at UCF, you know, the whole run, um, you know, with, with Stan and enjoy fight Van Gundy and everything. And so I, I know, how great this fan gate base can be. And they really were good um, this season. I could tell a difference in the, the crowd, even in uh, at Amway, even at the beginning of the year, when, when things were not coming so easily and the Magic actually were struggling at, at home. You know, attendance was solid. Um, man, that, that game last, last week, uh, that Atlanta game was just, about as loud as I've seen of a home crowd, because sometimes it's a Warriors or a Sixers fan base, but they were just behind the team, and I think the whole city is is ready to to support them in the playoffs. So, good times. Yeah, yeah. by by the by the sound of it, it already sounds like tickets to Game Three and Four are going to be very very hard to get. It, it it sounds like they've they've at least sold out one of the games, and and for the other one that they haven't sold out, you can only buy like a single seat. You can't get two seats together. It's, 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 it's the Amway center is going to be going to be rocking for games three and four. And, and I know, I know we all can't wait where we're, we're all hoping that will, that will be there in, in some form or capacity to cover, cover the playoffs. But um, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about this, this team and, 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 and how they got here. And, and Aaron, I want, I want to start with you. Um, what, what's been sort of the, the distinguishing, what would you say has been like kind of the distinguishing factor for this team in becoming this this playoff team, um, you know I think defensive identity. Um, you know they've been one of the better defensive uh, teams. You know uh, really since since February, um, one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. Um, and you know Coach Clifford coached teams whether it was in Charlotte or in Orlando. I mean his fingerprints are, are all over his teams where. You know the personnel comes and goes, but but his teams they don't turn the ball over, they don't foul, um, they play solid team defense, and you know the Magic were playing like that some games. Then there was a lot of inconsistency in the beginning of the year, and you know you heard Coach say a lot. You know we know how we have to win. It's just you know um, a mentality of doing that night in and night out. And I think as the season went on. Um, the group just got comfortable with each other and started to trust his scheme and, you know, just got a lot more consistent, not only just on the defensive end, but but playing the way that, that suits this roster, you know, that suits this roster best and that Coach Clifford's most comfortable, you know, coaching and, and winning and it all just kind of, um, you know, came together. They're not – he never, you know, from the beginning of the year, he never said they were an offensive, you know, firepower type team and, and you know – you, you play to your strengths, and he identified early on in the process this team's strength is defense, and they just got more consistent with it, I think. And, you know, they're they're not as offensively inept as I think some people thought they would be. They're they're not world beaters or anything, but but they, they play to their strengths and they play to the way they're coached, I think. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, Zach, uh, what impact did, has Steve Clifford had on this team? Is, 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 that, is it as simple as – the coach changed and, and he unlocked everything for this group? I think it's a little bit of that, but I think it's also the fact that Clifford has really held his guys accountable. And, well, you know, 
there's been a lot of talk about rotation, especially on Friday night when he put his starters back in when they were up, what, 27 in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, he's found he, – it took him long enough to find two groups that worked. And once he finally did, you really saw the cohesion of the team beginning to grow, and that's when everything kind of clicked. I mean, the Magic, since uh, January uh, 30th, the night after they lost to the Thunder at home, they've been the best team in the league defensively with a 104.3 defensive rating, five points per 100 possessions better than they were up to January 29th. But I think the, the biggest thing with that has been their rebounding, which Clifford's talked about a lot this season. They went from, let's see, I believe they were 20th in the league in rebounding um, at the beginning of the year. And since then, since January uh, 29th, they're the third best team in rebounding and they lead the league in defensive rebounding at uh, almost a 77% clip per game, which is astronomically better than they were in the first half. Um, so Clifford's done a great job of, of A, holding his guys accountable and, and not letting their mistakes really fester and grow like we saw the last few seasons. But he's also instilled, I think he's instilled a lot of confidence in his guys and the belief that they have their way to play. If they can do that night in and night out, they can be one of the best teams in the league. And that's what they've been since the last few days in January till now. Yeah, I believe they were 21 and 30 uh, after losing to the Thunder. I think it was it. Uh, 20 and 31. 20 they and 31. Were, Thank you. They're Thank you. 11 games under 500, which was the lowest point in the season. They've gone 21 and 9 since then, including 13 and 1 at home. Yeah, I mean it's 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 and that one loss was the first game after the All Star break, a game we shall not mention again. Aaron Gordon um, would have made would have made our lives a lot easier if they they just they, if Aaron Gordon hadn't fouled Laurie Markkinen on that play. But that, that that's neither here nor there. It's in the past. We we forgive him. Um, Corey, uh, you know, I, I think entering the season, we all said, you know, this was virtually the same roster, and and so it's not obviously all on the coach. The coach inspired confidence in all of them, maybe changed some schemes, but. But what's been, I guess, the real difference in the players? You know, even a guy like Nikola Vucevic uh, during that run, during this this uh, twenty and not twenty one and nine run, this 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 run that's gotten the Magic into the postseason. What's been the big difference uh, in in them that has put the Magic in this position? Yeah, you mentioned Vucevic just now. I, I think it's actually not any of the starters. I would look at the bench as the biggest reason why the turnaround happened. You know, the starters uh, throughout the entire season played really well during you know, using that January 30th cutoff that Zach mentioned before. The starters were like a plus 4.1 net rating, and the Magic were still getting their butts kicked, which just tells you how bad the bench was. And then from that moment forward, the starters were actually like 0.9, really average, nothing spectacular. Fine, you know, they're they're not losing you games, but they're not. Uh, they weren't playing as well as they were before. So during the good part of the Magic's season, the bench, or uh, sorry, the starters were just okay. 
the bench is what turned everything around. And that starts with uh, the three worst players on the team yeah, disappearing from the rotation. Uh, that would be Jerry and Grant, Jonathan Simmons, and Mo Bamba. Uh, Mo Bamba got hurt. Uh, Jonathan Simmons was traded. And Jerry and Grant was replaced by Isaiah Briscoe and then later Michael Carter-Williams. It turns out when you take the three worst players on your team and stop playing them and put in players who are at least average, but probably like just good, that makes the team a lot better. Uh, I think that was the, the number one uh, change from the first part of the season to the second part. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And, you know, I think it's important to pinpoint the fact that just because Mo Bamba struggled in his rookie season, which I think everyone expected him to do some, which you do with most, most rookies, that doesn't mean that people were buying out on him moving forward. It was just a matter of Kem Birch was more prepared to make an impact on this team than Mo Bamba was, and that's been very evident since Kem was put in the rotation. And I think in fairness, like – and there's been some stats floating around among Magic Twitter about this because that debate's never going to die. Um, I think Mo was making some real positive steps before, right before his injury. His injury just came, his injury came like right when he was piecing some things together. Not saying he'd have everything together and make the same impact that that Kem has because Kem just brings consistency. But but I do think Mo was starting to figure a lot out about about playing in the NBA that they that he, it took him a long time to figure out. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, every rookie has a different learning curve um, than the next one. You, you just don't know how long it's going to take somebody to pick up the speed of the game. I mean, Jonathan Isaac, who missed a lot of his rookie season with ankle problems last year, told me, God, I want to say it was after the Philadelphia game that he finally felt like the game was starting to slow down for him. That's almost at the end of his second season. So it, it takes some guys longer than it takes other guys. Yeah. And I, and I think with Isaac too, um, just playing a full 82 games and honestly that, that ankle injury he had at the beginning of the season, he missed what seven games because of that. I think that put a lot of doubt in his, in his mind. I think, I think that gave him a, gave him a lot of doubt. And it took another 15, 20 games for him to feel really comfortable with his body that he could be out there, that he could trust his body to, to do the things that he knows how to do. And, and uh, you know, I think a, 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 you're right, a big turning point in the season, Corey, was, was finding the right bench combinations. Um, and, and, and to that point, too, I think throwing Aaron Gordon with that bench unit uh, at the end of the first quarter and then Evan Fournier coming in to start the second quarter really helped boost that bench unit a lot, just having, having some, some consistent scores there. But I think another big turning point in the season was, you know, around Martin Luther King day in Atlanta, Jonathan Isaac started putting together really good games consistently and, and just being a consistent force um, on the floor. And I, and I think his presence really, you know, Evan Fournier said before the season, Jonathan Isaac is our X factor. Uh, and and when he started to emerge as, as not just kind of a throw-in starter who's just there to play defense, when he started really being an offensive weapon, I think that really helped turn the Magic season around in, in, in another way. Um, Aaron, uh, what what do you, uh, other than what's been mentioned already, 
what did you see as as part of the turnaround for the Magic this this season? Um, just just confidence. Um, I heard from Aaron Gordon and I heard from Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier a few times after the game that that they they would say, oh well, this is just so much fun and this is the time of the year when we'd start thinking about vacation plans and we'd start thinking about the draft lottery and we'd start thinking about anything else besides you know, winning. And I think they all collectively at a group just started to get the ball rolling where they were enjoying coming to work and really enjoying um, being around each other and, you know, winning, you know, breeds, you know, that, that culture and that attitude. Um, because again, we've seen this group have flashes in a pan for a game or two, but then, you know, like Corey's mentioned before on our site, you know, they, they always revert back to the mean and that there's always a, yeah, but, but, um, when the consistency, you know, from February on was really there, um, you know, I think they realized a lot of them for the first time in their career, and certainly for the first time as a group, you know, how much fun winning can be, how much winning, how fun winning can be when you do it the right way, you know, when, when you come back from a hole that you've created. And even like last night when you beat Boston in Boston in a game where they certainly – like, I know they had some injuries, but they weren't sitting anybody. And, I mean, Kyrie Irving was trying to win that game. And, and it's not like they backed into the playoffs and, and other teams helped them out by losing. Like, they, they earned it. They did it the right way. And that kind of stuff is just, you know, contagious. Some of the, the wins that they got on the road, like that big win on the road to Miami and stuff like that. Like, those wins, that comeback win in Philadelphia, that one was at home. But, like, those wins were not happening late in the year in the previous three, four, five seasons. And so I think as a group, Zach, myself, you know, at our site, Bill, I know you're the same way. If the Magic made the playoffs or not, just playing meaningful, meaningful games late in the year was so valuable to this group. You know, it would have been a letdown and I might not make the playoffs. I'm not saying, you know, like I'm not happy or anything, but just being able to be in a position to compete for a playoff position is what this franchise needed a lot more than, another sixth or seventh or eighth pick in the first round. Like it was time to play competitive games in March and, and in April. Yeah. I think, I think we can all agree that, that the the main goal that a lot of us had in the preseason, um, you know, I've actually, Zach, I've actually got our over under sitting here from, uh, from the beginning of the season. Can we not talk about it? Um, you did, you did pretty well. Um, oh, did I? The, the Vegas win total was 31 and a half. You took the over. I ended up taking the under. I thought I had had them at 32 wins. Um, so maybe I mended myself later on. Um, d- defensive rating, final ranking. I put the over under at 15. I had them under. You had them over. So so you won that one too. So I, you had a lot more faith in this team than I did. Um, but I, I think most of us would say the goal this year: play meaningful games after the All Star break. That would be good growth. Don't have you know we don't we didn't expect them to make it. Um, but. But that was kind of the the expectation that we had. So that those are that's a pretty low bar to to clear. But obviously, once the playoff chase became real, once once it was clear this team could make the playoffs, um, that expectation definitely changed. And 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 I think we're all sit. It sounds like we're all sitting here pretty you know impressed. You know maybe not surprised, but impressed that they that they were able to break down the door and, and get into the playoffs. And and so I'm going to put everyone on the spot here. Aaron, I'll start with you, Aaron. Do the Magic stand a chance to get out of the first round? Boy, the the answer to that question sounds like one that you want to continue listening listening to. 
that you want to kind of stick around on this podcast to hear. So me being the enterprising person that I am, I'm going to take a quick break right here and tell you a little bit more about the Himalaya app. Uh, the Himalaya app, we've just got a new partnership here with the Lockdown Podcast Network, um, is a fantastic app to curate and, and uh, honestly recommend new podcasts to you. All the Lockdown Podcasts, including Lockdown Magic, are on the Himalaya app. You can get great podcasts that you know and love, like uh, some of the Ringer podcasts are on there, I believe. You got all the NPR podcasts. I'm, 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 I'm particular to uh, This American Life. Uh, welcome to Night Vale. Um, if any of these places want to, to give me some love too, yeah, go, go for it. You can listen to pretty much anything. There are new podcasts in there too. I, I downloaded the app. I started thumbing through their catalog and I was like, wow, there seem to be a lot of great podcasts. There's too many podcasts for me to get to. Well, this, this app, the Himalaya app, will help you sort through all that clutter and get you a podcast that you love and help you create a playlist of podcasts that you want to listen to. Whether it's Locked On Magic or any of the Locked On Podcast Network, Network Podcasts or anything else, the Himalaya app has it for you. Download the Himalaya app today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Do they have a chance? I mean, you know, their formula for how they've been successful, I think, gives them a chance. But but no, I mean, the, the, to not try to be too much of a homer and not get carried away. I mean, the, these teams they might be facing, whether it's Milwaukee or Toronto or even Philadelphia, they're really, really good clubs. And, and they're set up to make a role in the East. And, you know, that's not, I think, where the Magic are at right now. And that's not necessarily that I think they should have the mentality to just, you know, be happy to be there and, you know, gosh darn it. But, um, you know, I would like for them to compete. I would love to see them win, steal a game or two. But, you know, do I expect them to win a series or even, you know, give them, um, you know, a 50-50 chance or anything like that? Um, no. You know, I, I think – I don't know if we're going to get into it. I think there's one matchup I like and prefer maybe other than the other two. But, but those are, are three – really good teams, Toronto, Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee, and I just don't think that's where the Magic are at this year, but that doesn't mean they can't build in the future to, to get to that position. Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the preferred matchup question in a bit. Corey, I'll, I'll pose the same question to you. Do the Magic have any thought at getting out of the first round? It's always possible, right? Like, we can, <laughs> we can find a few examples uh, in NBA history of some pretty serious upsets you know, the, the We Believe Warriors, the, the Grizzlies beating the Spurs in that first round series, the Bulls, 8-1. The Sixers beating the Bulls in the lockout year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's possible. It's always possible. Yeah. And the the version of the Magic that exists right now is clearly better than their record. Um, yeah, the, this is not the same team from January. Uh and I know that, like, in terms of pure stats, it's better to look at the whole season uh, versus just, like, post-All-Star break. You know, looking at the whole season is more predictive of what a team's like. But in this specific case, I think I do trust the more recent results 
given the particular circumstances of how the rotation changed and things like that. So there's a chance. I don't think it's very likely. Uh, five games would would probably be a good result. Zach, I'll, same question to you. Do the Magic have any chance of getting out of the first round? I guess I'll play devil's advocate here, which is weird for me to do, but I think that they have a slightly better chance than people are going to give them. And I think I, I look back at how they've played the teams that they could face. You know, they've played Toronto tough. They they beat Toronto pretty handily at home after the All-Star break when um, Toronto played everyone. They've played the Sixers extremely well, including that beatdown they, they gave them last week at home. And Philadelphia's depth is a little bit questionable. So, yeah, I, I think that there's a chance. Um, would, I, would I put the chances very high? Probably not, but if if you're asking me if I would be surprised if they push the team to six or seven games, no, especially like Corey was saying, with the way that they've played post-All-Star break, they've found it, and they've got those two units that work well, and, and they push teams, and if that second unit can manufacture enough offense outside of Terrence Ross and continue to, to defend at the level that they have been with Carter Williams, Wes Wundu, and Kem Birch, then yeah, I do think that they have a chance, albeit probably slim, but they have a chance. All you pessimists, the magic are going to the con- No, 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 no. Um, I, I'm kind of with you all, with all you guys there. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's going to be a tall task to beat any of these teams. Like, I th- like, like one of you said, these are all really good basketball teams. And even though Orlando's played very well against Toronto and, and Philadelphia especially, um, I, I still think the playoffs are another level. And, and I think those teams are all experienced enough, maybe not experienced enough together, but experienced enough that they know how to raise their game up to, to a playoff level. And you know, I think the biggest mystery about this Magic team is you know, yes, this Magic team is playing extraordinarily well, but do they have another gear, or are they just are they firing on all cylinders to get in? And 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 maybe that's an unfair uh, 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 way to describe things. Maybe that kind of a description is not accurate um, uh, um, about how teams approach and play in the playoffs. Um, but but I at I, I keep feeling. I mean, I I'm I'm still in this boat where I'm either too afraid to say. I believe fully in this team that they can they can deliver that they're, they're they continue to b- deliver in these big moments, and then I'm also still kind of in that boat of they're so inexperienced in these big games. They're so um, they're not used to this atmosphere that they're going to face. You know, I, I'm game one. I think is going to be a little bit of a wake up call. No matter where they're playing, I think game one has like blowout circled all over it. Um, and if the Magic survive game one or keep game one really close. Uh, I think we have a. Re- I think we have the potential for a really good series, but beating any of these teams four out of seven times, I think, is going to be really, really difficult. Um, because we we all know this. Steve Clifford's even said this. The Magic's margin for error is still really, really small. Um, you know, it it, it they've they've done a very good job minimizing that margin for error, and, and it might be bigger than we think it is. Um, but it it it. I think the playoffs are going to expose a lot of their weaknesses and flaws that that's gonna gonna make it hard for them to win 
Um, and so having said that, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you, Aaron. Um, what constitutes a successful playoff trip now for the Orlando Magic? What, what sets them up for whatever comes next uh, for the summer, for, for next season? What, what is the most optimal, um, you know, realistic outcome for the Magic in the postseason? Uh, I think it would be um, it would be optimal to get a win, you know, to not get swept. Um, you know, in the big scheme of things, getting swept or losing 4-1 or something, I mean, by the end of the playoffs, I don't, I'm not sure that's the biggest deal, but just for the image of the franchise to be in the playoffs on national TV, which we all know the, the team gets such little exposure, if you could get a win, you know, um, in a series and, you know, kind of just to promote your, your own organization to the rest of the league, um, you slowly start to, you know, become part of the, the NBA lexicon again, where, where maybe, you know, you get things rolling because it's, this summer is a huge summer for the, the organization, you know, arguably even more than, than playing in the playoffs because you've got Nikola Vucevic and then Terrence Ross that are free agents. And, you know, you don't bring those guys back and now you're all of a sudden looking, you know, at taking a step back and, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but the point is if you get a win or even maybe a win or two and you, you start to, to find some success in the playoffs, that's just step one, right? That's the foundation when you're building the home. And then that maybe is enough, a win or two, and just being in the playoffs and then having a solid showing get those guys to come back or to get somebody else on board and you just start moving forward. You know, you've got Markel Fultz and Muhammad Bamba next year and, and you just move forward. But um, I, I would say just get a win, you know, get a win or two or at least be competitive. Um, but I, that's about my expectations are pretty low. Just just learn something from it. Enjoy the moment and, and compete. Zach, what about you? What, what constitutes a, a successful playoff trip for the Magic this year? Um, I kind of echo a lot of what Aaron said. Um, I think that if they can go in, if they can win a game or two, that would be great. If not, you know, just soak up the experience, see what it's like and and learn and see where you can get better um, with the experience that you have this year going into next year when expectations will be, you know, even higher than they are currently. So, um, you know, as long as they don't get blown out every, you know, every night, then we're, you know, we're looking good. Um, but I did want to kind of play off something you were saying before, Phil. Sure. Um, you know, talking about them, you know, the the moment possibly being too big for them. I felt like we saw that a little bit last night against Boston. Um especially in the first half when they were kind of sloppy and they got down. And then, you know, the last three, four minutes of the, of the second quarter, you know, they really turned around. They, they got a groove going and then they came back and ultimately ended up winning. But I, I think that they're going to have that in the first game, maybe even the second game too. Um, but it's all going to be about how they respond. And if they can respond like they did in Boston, then, who knows? Crazier things have happened. Yeah, and I, I think the Miami game as well was was another game where where I think early on they when they got down by seventeen, I think the moment and the crowd and the energy in the building really hit them hard. Um, but the one thing you always got to give this team credit for, they bounce back. They never give up on the fight. Uh, and and I I think it's a huge testament to to the 
the just the way Steve Clifford has kind of brought this team along. You know, I'm kind of with you guys as well. Don't get swept. Win, win a game. Make it a competitive series. I think the Magic, you know, can be a really tough out. Be a really tough out. Just kind of get that reputation of being a team that is going to be really, really difficult to handle in a playoff series. Uh, Corey, um, what, what, do you, what to you constitutes a successful playoff run for the Orlando Magic this year? There's two things that I'm looking at. The first is, and they're really specific things. The first is how Vooch handles defense. Because a lot of the sentiment surrounding him right now is that he's made a big leap. His offense is better than it ever was before. His defense is better than it ever was before. But, uh, I don't know, is his defense, like, that good? The numbers look good, but I don't know if I buy it. He's probably still sort of a negative, and just the team around him is good. I want to see if that's true in the playoffs. I want to see if a team that schemes for the Magic is able to exploit him, you know, just send pick and rolls at him over and over again and, and beat him to the basket and all the things that Vucevic has had problems with historically or to see if the Magic are able to counter that, if Vucevic himself is able to handle it. Um, because if he is, then that uh, really bodes well for the future. That um, changes a lot of how we should look at the Magic going forward. And then along a similar lines, I want to see how the coaching staff responds to the playoffs. I want to see if Steve Clifford... Um, uh, makes good adjustments throughout the series. Uh, I want to see what the rotations are going to look like, what it looks like as he you know, shortens things up and tightens up minutes and things like that. Uh, overall, I just want to come away from the series saying like, okay, the Magic are building towards something here uh, because um, you mentioned this before, how this is an important moment for the franchise because they're playing for something meaningful. They were playing to get into the playoffs. Now they're playing to in the playoffs. And uh, that's like many things this season, something that I've been sort of uh, skeptical about, I guess. Skeptical about whether it does mean something that they get into the playoffs. Uh, I think you, you would be better equipped to answer this question than me. I've been trying to figure out if there's a good historical analog for what the Magic are trying to do, a team that was lousy for a long time with the same core, but then finally figured some stuff out, maybe with a new coach, and got into the playoffs and then made another jump after that. Because I can find a lot more examples of teams that do the opposite, who like make a jump up and maybe sneak into the playoffs and then they're just like mediocre after that and they fall back down or they're in and out every year and, and then you're on the treadmill of mediocrity. Um, well, so, just to jump in, in some, I, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I, I, so, well, this is not a great example other than what you were talking about, but there is no Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook or James Harden on this roster, but there, I want to say it was Russell Westbrook's rookie year, mm -hmm. um, Kevin Durant's second year, uh, the Thunder, who obviously, you know, were bad for quite a while to be able to line up three lottery picks. Um, they got in and snuck in the playoffs as an eight seed and they played the Lakers and Kobe Bryant and, and, and the first round and then did not handle that well, but just kind of handled the experience. And I, I kind of stuck with me that that next year is when they made that leap and they went to the finals and Kevin Durant said that experience of struggling, like really struggling in the playoffs and seeing 
firsthand playing Kobe and the Lakers. I don't know if that was the year that they won the title or not, but seeing what it took and how different playoff games were than just the regular season where you can catch a team on a back-to-back or, you know, a weird West Coast trip or whatever, like just the intensity, you can't practice that or simulate that. Just seeing that difference set them up down the future. So I guess to talk to answer your question, that that's what I think of. But then at the same time, like the Magic don't have any of those kind of the players, other, so it's not the best example. But the other the other good example might be the 2007 Magic, who went 36 and 46 for two straight years in Dwight's first two years, made the playoffs in 2007, got swept by the Pistons. Obviously, then brought in Stan Van Gundy brought in Richard Lewis and the rest, as they say, is history. Um, our time is running short, guys. I want to thank you for for joining the podcast to talk a little bit about the Magic playoffs, about the season so far, and what we uh, have what we have to look forward to as the Magic prepare for the playoffs. Uh, Zach, Corey, Aaron, thanks again for joining. My thanks again to Zach Oliver, Corey Hudson, and Aaron Goldstone for joining the podcast. You can find them all online at uh, at Orlando Pinstripe Post. You can follow them on Twitter at OPP Magic Blog. You can also check out their podcast. I know they just had another kind of big mega pod like I had with them uh, over at Do You Believe in Magic, uh, their podcast there as well for Orlando Pinstripe Post. Um, you can also check out the Heart and Hustle podcast. They do, they do good work there as well. You can follow them all individually on Twitter too. Zach Oliver is at Zach Oliver NBA. You can find Corey Hudson at Professor Corey and Aaron Goldstone is at Aaron Goldstone as well. Definitely check them out. They do great work over at Orlando Pinstripe Post. Always happy to have them on the pod to talk all things magic, get their perspective on things as well as we're all one big happy Orlando Magic blogging family. You can of course follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and follow us on the Himalaya app and wherever else you get podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, uh, then follow me again on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We're cranking out all the content you could want to get yourself ready for the playoffs as we dive into the postseason. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, as well as our guests from Orlando Pinstripe Post. This has been... I'm Philip Ross Reich. This has been Locked on Magic. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.